Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Janine Yanis Jones, the executive director of the Health Alliance for the Uninsured, a certified health and well being coach, and an experienced Oklahoma nonprofit leader. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm here today with Janine Yanis Jones. With more than 25 years of professional, visionary, and results-oriented nonprofit leadership, Janine leads the Health Alliance for the Uninsured with a passion for helping those in need, providing more than 3,000 physician specialist services and $3.5 million of medication assistance annually for more than 17 free and charitable clinics in central Oklahoma. Through her doctorate work, she is the founder of the Live, Love, Laugh Leadership Curriculum and Podcast Program, focused on the whole person, mind, body, and spirit, health, and leadership integration. In addition, Janine is an independent certified Optavia coach. Her experience as a nonprofit professional includes the Green Shoe Foundation, Oklahoma Christian School, and the Salvation Army. Janine was selected as the Journal Records 2020 Healthcare Hero, Edmund Chambers 27 Woman of the Year finalist, and as the Journal Records 2018 Woman of the Year's Woman Making a Difference recipient. She has also served as statewide chairman of the Oklahoma Charitable Clinic Association and as an agency director with the United Way of Central Oklahoma. Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. It's great to see you, Charles. It's good to see you again, too. So we've known each other a short time, but it's been a really exciting time. Uh, we got to know each other through uh, the OSU OKC uh, Center for Social Innovation Program. I think mm-hmm. virtually through email and good stuff like that. And yes, and it seemed to be a great uh, initial connection there. So uh, you invited me on to, to chat with some of your safety net clinic folks about mm-hmm. self-empowerment recently as, as the date of this podcast, at least this interview. Yes. Which was fabulous. You did a wonderful job and it was really well-received and such a wonderful encouragement during this time, you know, kind of in the waning, hopefully pandemic days, it's really been challenging, especially for healthcare workers and volunteers. So it was nice to have a positive, empowering, uplifting message for them and you delivered it wonderfully. I'm so glad to hear that. Absolutely. Every single person on that call was so deserving of a little bit of empowerment and uh, a feeling like, hey, things are looking bright for the future. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I appreciate that opportunity. And and so, yeah, here we are. And I'm so delighted that you're on the show with me. And as you may know, Janine, we start each episode with a kickoff question and you've chosen yours. So I'll send that your way and just see where the conversation takes us. Sure. Okay. So Janine, what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? (laughs) So that's a great question. And uh, I'm an early morning riser. Mm. And I'll be honest, I hit the snooze snooze button too. Um, But I uh, go to a uh, 5.30 in the morning exercise class and just get my body moving and wake up my brain and um, 
really uh, passionate about the whole mind body spirit connection so you know trying to get um find my right place in the universe set the attitude the intention for the day and then and then be um, kind of prepared to be uh, amazed i was using a practice before with a um journal is called the five minute journal and every morning you would uh write down you know some things you're grateful for and then things that um, i was looking forward to in the day and in my mind this was an excellent um uh exercise for me because one of the things that i it demonstrated was that even though i thought i knew what my day was going to look like when i went back and did the pm part of the journal at the end of the day, I would be amazed at the things that had happened that I hadn't anticipated. And um, I really love that. And so that's one of the things too, when I wake up in the morning, is just kind of being prepared to be surprised, like what, what do we have to look forward to? And then knowing too, that I get the opportunity to serve in the capacity to really make a difference in people's lives, even um, kind of a life-saving capacity. So there's a lot of responsibility there just with our team and helping them be the most effective team that they can be and that they're nurtured and cared for and feeling empowered, like you said, and to, to really make that difference. And then collaboratively looking at our community, how can we all work together for this um, singleness of purpose of just, you know, making the world a better place to, to exist for, for ourselves, our families, and our whole um, community. And I think, um, you know, by human nature, I'm kind, you know, can be uh, kind of selfish, you know, think self-preservation and an inherent quality, but, um, but trying to look beyond just myself to help other people. It's uh, what I've heard. Um, it's actually can be even more selfish. The reason why is because it feels so good to help other people. Yes, it absolutely does. And just in the short time that we've known one another, it's just very obvious to me that you uh, you light up with joy in serving others. That's my impression. That you know, oh, well, yeah, and and um, that many folks are impacted in positive ways through mm -hmm, through your efforts. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that is rewarding. You know, um, just a little bit about me, I because I resonate with that. You know, yes. being able to support people and and find out what their singleness of purpose is for themselves on the individual level, and uh, negotiating that territory together as they find their way forward into a a more amazing, awesome, inspiring, empowered world that they mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that they create. You know, and they live into. It's really rewarding just to see that happen. And then on scale, as you were mentioning about community level, you know, the more people we have living with purpose and passion and in a servant mindset it just seems like that's intuitively that would be a better world so <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm willing to try to to see what happens and see whether that's true or not <laughs> well and i think too when we go through life um experiences we kind of decide how if we're going to be bitter or better mm. from those whether yeah. it's a um i have a friend who says it's not a um it's not good or bad. It was a blessing or a lesson. And so, you know, we have the opportunity to grow and, um, you know, here I feel like, I mean, I'm getting ready to have a big uh, milestone birthday and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm so old. But then I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I still have so much to learn. 
too, to, um, on, and this most recently just being on a really health focused journey. Yeah. Well, one of the, I want to pick up from a couple of the threads in this conversation, of course, there's no rules. We can do whatever we want to, right? I was kind of deliberately pausing because I don't want to, I want to be able to let you say some meaningful things too, because I always love hearing what you have to say too, Charles. Well, thank you for that, Janine. Yeah. What I wanted to pick up was actually something you said, you know, what inspires you about getting out of bed, but also bookending that with going to bed at night and being surprised uh, and being, um, what was the other word? It was amazed, I think, right? So mm-hmm. this idea of, well, that wasn't expected. So what role does surprise and amazement just play in your day-to-day? Well, <laughs> so it's just really rewarding to get to see it, be, be amazed. And if we, if, I feel like if I start with that attitude, I'm more likely to get to experience that. Versus if I start the, the morning with, oh my goodness, you know, another day, um, you know, I can't wait to make it through this day. So I get home and watch, you know, something, actually, I don't really watch a lot of TV, but if I did, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get home and just, you know, be, be through this day, but it's like, okay, what do I have in store for, for today? And then, um, and then just, I know too, just from my background and some healing and, and the work that we do here at the Health Alliance. Um, we work with a lot of really vulnerable individuals that may not have a lot of hope. And so helping people start to get a glimmer of hope. And sometimes that starts with just having someone that cares about them, you know, checking on them, helping them get connected to healthcare. That's, um, you know, maybe really uh, a scary place for them in their life and they're um, completely devastated and, and not sure how they're going to be able to get that. They're uninsured. They don't have the financial means to do that. And through the Health Alliance for the Uninsured, we're able to connect individuals that have a primary care home at one of our free clinics where they get free services. And then if they're needing a higher level of care, they'll, the clinic will, and that primary care doctor will send the referral through our office and we'll get them connected to those services that will be free to them. And our founder back in 2008 put together um, some legislation that provides volunteer immunity to every physician that donates their time with no compensation in Oklahoma. So um, that's Dr. Armorali Krishna. And um, for those of you who know him, he is really a a wonderful, kind and generous, um, loving man who is very um, committed to um, the mind, body, and spirit. In fact, he started the mind, body, spirit and mental health program at Integris. And prior to that at St. Anthony's and has recently retired, but still serves as our president at Health Alliance for the Uninsured alongside, uh, Mr. Stanley Hupfield, who's recently, who has been retired as the Integris, um, chief executive officer. So we have two wonderful, kind-hearted masterminds behind the work that we do. And that's another reason that I'm excited to get up in the morning too, because I get to um, serve um, with them and um, just doing some really meaningful work and carrying on the legacy that they are start, have started here at Health Alliance. And also looking at how is the Health Alliance for the Uninsured going to adapt and mold and grow for the future? Because the needs will... Um, 
there's there's changes the demographics for example i just saw the headline our first um, afghan refugee came to oklahoma today so you know our clinics are ready and available to help however they can in this situation and you know it's just um a very new scenario for them but they're just going to keep doing what they do and that's caring for people and helping to provide the best possible health care that's available to them so that's really wonderful, Janine. And yeah, so going back to that initial question, which uh, provided all this wonderful context that you shared, you know, just having that sense of hope and optimism, bringing that to, to work, bringing that to your to your daily life and having that be something you just carry with you because of, you know, the folks that you're engaging with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that can be a source of maybe comfort or trust, a bit of security, maybe that helps to reduce or lower a little bit of barriers. Um, I know I found that in my experience as well, just to be a, a person who truly tries to embody some hope and some resilience uh, from my own lived experience. And then what I've learned along the way as well on how to embody mm-hmm, it a little mm-hmm. bit better and, and not get as rattled or as toppled uh, as uh Father Greg Boyle of Homeboy Industries call it not to get toppled by life, and so, <laughs> so to stay in the zone, yeah. and uh, yeah, and uh, so so I find that really really inspiring. And then and then the work that you're doing on a daily basis at the Health Alliance for the Uninsured, you mentioned quite a bit of that, um, and and how it began. What what does it look like in terms of just the the types of services? And I know this is a big question, but maybe generally speaking, the types of services offered and and the folks that you're able to help. Mm -hmm. Sure. So through the specialty care program, we call it Care Connection. There's any kind of specialist that you can think of, cardiology, maybe it's oncology, um, radiology, um, any service that is needed, we're able to find and connect a resource as best we can. Um, We also provide a medication assistance program. Um, We help some of our smaller clinics by going on site and um, enrolling individuals in um, pharmaceutical program uh, benefits, which provides about three and a half million dollars a year of free free medications to individuals, including about Uh, that includes about a million dollars of insulin, which is really a big deal, you know, managing some really significant chronic health issues. And um, diabetes is one of like the four, we rank terribly in the number of diabetic patients and the health implications and, and ultimately the um, fatalities with people with complications from diabetes. So we're super grateful too. We recently received a grant from the United Health Foundation that's going to be providing um, behavioral health interventions to diabetic patients in our free and charitable clinics. And we um, launched this endeavor this summer and we'll work with 10 clinics this year, another 10 clinics next year. And the grant provides us access to um, a national consultant team that's going to come in and really help our clinics take their level of care to even another level by bringing in many um, resources, connecting partnerships in the community and um, helping to see what interventions are going to help improve the health of individuals with diabetes. And 
that'll be measured, you know, by A1C numbers, things like that, and their participation, their compliance to their medication therapy management programs. So we're excited about that. And then we also have a healthcare services navigation team that helps individuals to actually get connected to a free clinic. I don't know if you've ever done the search for a primary care physician in your life. I have. And sometimes it can be pretty challenging because yes. we're looking for one that Going to that's taking new patients. When can I get in? And then if, if I already have something that I'm kind of wanting to address, it kind of gets put on hold until I can get established as a new patient, all of these things. And so just think of somebody that doesn't even know what the network is available, what free clinics are available, or may not even know that there are free clinics available for them since they don't have insurance and or um, the financial ability to pay for medical care. So they uh, put it off. Well, in the meantime, that impacts how they're able to serve in their family. It impacts whether they're able to work and provide for their fa- themselves or their, and their families and, um, and their relationships and just their quality of life. So these are really huge issues that we get to tackle by having a primary care home. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. And the folks, if you're listening in, you're thinking, I need to find out more about this, just click on the show notes. And so uh, you're going to find some web links there and some information that uh, Janine has been describing that you can go explore and find out more. Um, And Janine, I have to pick up, uh, first of all, uh, Dr. Morali Krishna uh, got, got to know him a few years ago as well. Fantastic human being as you already mentioned, but uh, sure. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but if he does, Hey, Dr. Krishna, uh, I got to know, <laughs> I got to know him a little bit and uh, you know, we, we've done a little bit together, but not a lot, but just such a warm hearted, kind person and brilliant, obviously too. So uh-huh. I got, got to know him through some work around mindfulness and some ideas that we were toying around with. So um well, that's really fascinating. And with I was going to follow up with you too, Janine, about the uh, Afghan refugees that are coming in and the services that are provided. Because I think as of the date of our conversation, like today, they started arriving. Is that correct? Correct. That's yeah. correct. My goodness. So, um, you know, just really proud of Oklahomans and rallying together. I know Governor Stitt's very involved in pulling together um, partners uh, Health Alliance for the Uninsured is a United Way of Central Oklahoma um, partner agency. So we're really thrilled to get to serve in that capacity. And Catholic Charities is doing a tremendous job of um, coordinating efforts. They're very um, good at this. They've done this before. So we're in good hands with um, Patrick Raglow and his team. And so we're just um, available at whenever they need us and they just let us know. And, you know, as usual, we have open doors and we're excited to be able to serve however we can. I think that's such a cool partnership. And I'm, I'm likewise proud of our state, very proud to be an Oklahoman and proud of Oklahoma mm-hmm. for, that, for the efforts to, first of all, in my own point of view, receive refugees from, this, from Afghanistan in this time of need, and then to provide services you know, to, to make sure that they're healthy and uh, that that they're, that they're welcome during a time of of real serious difficulty and, and uh, traumatic transition for many. Sure. Yeah. Very well said. I know I can't even imagine the trauma and that's, um, you know, one of the things too, that 
I was thinking about too, when we were talking about having hope and people who've had, you know, a lot of trauma, we're talking, you know, like adverse childhood experiences, the ACEs and a lot of people in poverty, being in poverty is a, is traumatic as well. And just trying to figure out ways and being available to help people heal through that process. I, um, you know, professionally, of course, I'm thrilled that I get to serve in this capacity, really honored. Um, uh, personally, I feel like I'm on my own um, wellness and health journey. Uh, a few years ago, I um, enrolled in a, a doctorate program to, that was kind of mind, body, spirit focused. And one of the things that um, there was a lot of head knowledge that I've had, you know, I've been in nonprofit work for over 25 years, including Salvation Army, behavioral health, um, Christian education. So um, I knew I knew a lot, but sometimes when uh, when I needed to make the application and move the information from my head to my heart, I wasn't being as effective as possible. And then I was also doing some um, compartmentalization, trying to keep the work life here, the and, you know, of course, you need to have healthy, healthy boundaries between personal work. But we also, if one of those areas is weak or suffering, it impacts other areas of our life. And that's whether it's our health, our, um, our personal life, our finances, our professional life, our relationships. Um, so I had uh, just going through a life challenge in myself and uh, noticed how impactful that was to my whole life. And so I um, really hunkered down and um, for my own health journey, uh, made a really concentrated effort on what can I do to achieve health and wholeness? Do you have anything you want to yeah. add in there? Yeah, that no, that's, no, that's great. <laughs> it's a great place to pause. You know, like I said, there's no rules here. We're just having a great conversation. So absolutely, Janine, you know, um, I'm thinking, so I'm honestly, as you were sharing, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. To myself, uh-huh. um, because, and I don't want to label what you were describing, but for me, that's, you know, my own journey burnout. I gave, uh-huh. I, I, I love to give, you know, I really do. And, um, and you can only give so much, honestly. And if you're, if I'm always saying yes, to all the requests, I guarantee you, I will, I will be uh, in the hospital within a couple <laughs> of weeks because I'm going to want to give everything I have to all of the requests. So for me, that part of the journey has been, I call it discernment, sure. which, in, which includes self-care and energy management, which is something uh-huh. I coach folks around. It's like, how much like energy that. am I spending, you know, and and I'm, I, am I able to recapture that? And if I'm like, nope, I am still pouring out energy, you know, well, guess mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to need to pause and, and put out my solar panel, <laughs> get outside and go uh, literally get some more energy, and which I get from nature and, and other things. But whatever that is for an individual to have that work-life integration, to just be paying uh-huh. attention wherever, if I'm at work, if I'm at home. If I'm mm-hmm, having this mm-hmm. conversation right now, where's my energy at? And it's not right or wrong. Right. It's not good or bad, but just where's it at? And I'm telling you, until I started learning how to apply those things as a starting entrepreneur eight years ago, I burned out two or three times because I just didn't mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so that's how I'm relating to what you're sharing. Sure. And uh, you, as you're talking to, I really hear a lot of self-awareness 
And sometimes, you know, if we don't pause or put that um, margin in our lives, there's that tendency to like, for me, I'm, as you read my bio, you can get the idea kind of motivated overachiever, but the danger in that is perfectionism and trying to, you know, do too much and be okay with just being who I am doing the best I can. And, um, you know, my accomplishments don't give me, uh, value or worth, I have value and worth in who I am, not by the um, accomplishments. And so I need to take care of that person, like we all do, we all need to take care of ourselves, so we can be the most healthiest person, individual, for first to take care of ourselves, and then to be available for others. Absolutely. And so I am curious, so infinitely curious about all of that, because that really is one of my passions is helping people and just hearing people, their own journey mm-hmm. and how they get to a point you just described. So right. at whatever well, level you're comfortable sharing, you know, how did you, how did you get there? Yeah. And well, and that's the thing that's great about having someone like you, Charles, to, to coach people through that, like where, where are your um, kind of danger areas or your, you know, where, like, get, who are you? Like, what makes right. you, you, what, what makes you tick? What makes you not tick? You know, what makes you get out of bed in the morning? What doesn't? And so of course, you know, I feel like I've really found my niche of, you know, many years in nonprofit. Um, I love, I love this work. I love the community that I get to serve. Um, I love being of service to other people and, but first take care of myself, make sure I'm getting the exercise. I need the nutrition, um, the hydration, um, that I'm practicing habits of health. And that's where I, um, really got excited about this, um, becoming a certified health coach with, um, Optavia and Dr. Wayne, um, Anderson, who's just a, a tremendous, um, individual who developed some elements of health that, like I said, the earlier, you know, things can seem kind of simple and head knowledge, but the actual application of it, like, you know, so if you have the choice where you're standing in front of a fast food restaurant or a fruit stand, what choice are you going to make? You know, and uh, we were, I was working on a presentation recently and um, my co-presenter, one of your former uh, podcast uh, attendees, Jeb Stoner said, well, you know, I'll choose the hamburger because it's delicious. <laughs> I was going to say, are you asking me? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to need some of those French fries, you know? But then he said <laughs> that really wisely. And he's talked to a friend who is um, into really nutritional health. And uh, uh, he was a chef and said, but how does it make you feel three day, three hours later? So how does the hamburger make you feel versus, or, you know, not saying the hamburger is bad. I'm just saying yeah. that there's, there's some life-giving benefits from making healthy choices with having the, the water instead of the soda. And um, like I said, you know, lessons and blessings, you know, not good or bad, you know, we're just, how are we fueling ourselves? So that, that is something that is really um, exciting to me. And there's a um, definition of health from the World Health Organization that I really love. And I have a friend who I go on his podcast sometimes and he's like, uh, she's reading again, but I am, I'm gonna read, <laughs> read for one Okay, Janine is reading. Okay, that's great, please read. <laughs> so the World Health Organization defines health as a complete 
physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. And that, I think, really speaks to the whole person. And so we're not just talking about like, you know, have a broken arm or a head cold or even a chronic health issue, which does affect us beyond just our physical capacity, but it's also our mental well-being and our social well-being. And didn't we really experience that during quarantine, during the pandemic? I mean, our statistics were terrible with the mental health issues and depression and that from the isolation. We need to be connected. It's so important. Yes, it sure is. And I love that definition. I don't think I knew that one. So that's one that I'm going to, I'm going to listen back and, uh, and, uh-huh. try to, and catch that. And uh, well-being was in there. I certainly, my ears perked up at that. And yes. it's, and, and it's, and it's not just the absence of, I don't think you said pathology, but disease, you know, it's not right. just, that, it's not just that you don't have bad stuff going on or negative stuff or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. destructive stuff going on. It's actually more, of this idea of uh, wellness, of well-being, of right. wholeness is a word that I would use, or like in the name of my business, integration. And, you know, it's integrated. You know, so you know, for me, one of the things that that I'm hearing from you also, I'm just catching this intuitively, that you know, once I went from the head to the heart, or you know, embodied the knowledge that I had gained intellectually and started to practice it and learn through behavior and you know, reflection that that's where self-care really started to make more sense. Mm-hmm, There's other words mm-hmm. for it. You can just call it wellness or good living right. or whatever. Some of those words can be loaded, even self-care. But, right. but once, once I started to learn that and I'm like, yeah, I could definitely go for a McDonald's hamburger. Nothing wrong with that. Rather <laughs> not. Nothing against McDonald's because I know the way I'm going to feel. Because once you mm-hmm. do that long enough and eat healthy food long enough for right. a few days, a few weeks in a row, it's like, why would I, you know? And then you go right. out for the, for the treat, the cheat day, and you're like, I don't feel good. So right. that must not be healthy for me. So yeah, just thinking out loud with you on that. Love that definition. Well, and there's a, um, the, I didn't think she's a psychologist, but she's written, designed some, done some programming work for people in recovery uh, called Pia Melody. And she defines self-care as um, setting healthy boundaries being nurturing to ourselves and setting an affirmation. So it's not just uh, massages and, you know, uh, trips to the beach. It's really being deliberate about doing some focused, positive things for ourselves. I know we talked about, you know, saying, you said, you know, earlier saying no to things too, is just as important as saying yes, really uh, figuring out uh, what's the best, you know, good being the enemy of the best use of our time and resources and, resources, meaning all of our energy and, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, what we're really capable of and building in that recovery time too. I'm a kind of, and I can see, I don't know, know you that well, but kind of, you know, motivated and a going person. I think a lot of people are, especially that are doing nonprofit work and helping others. And, and sometimes, you know, we just need to take that time and it's okay to, you know, just rest and, and enjoy that day. Even, um, you know, even the divine spirit of the universe said, well, maybe Sunday would be a good day to take a little time off. <laughs> right. It was built into, into, into the system, so to speak, from the start. 
that, yeah. that rest and recuperation is actually part of the plan. Uh, uh-huh. and, and then when we're not living, according using that metaphor, you know, that, uh, that resource, you, you know, as a practicing Christian, I'm like, yeah, uh, if I'm not honoring that, the Sabbath, the rest, the idea of it in my current life, I'm probably not living according to the way that has been designed for me. And I found that to be true, that that uh, that rest and recovery and science is, is proving it over and over again as well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so much of stress is just related to, to eating habits, sleep habits, and just the speed at which we're all living. And then add mm-hmm. in uncertainty because everything is changing uh, at a record pace. So yeah, try not to be stressed. You're going to be stressed. So for those of me that, yeah, like to come with a lot of energy and and love to help, we got to know when to turn it off. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, that means turn off the technology. It means to step outside and reconnect with the natural world, which we're actually living in. We just have buildings around it, you know? So sometimes we forget where we're, where we are. And uh, just remember, you know, where we come from and, and what matters most. And when I, I'm telling you, when I do that, Janine, I just feel more complete, more whole, less stressed and better able to do the work that I love to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Well, and referring back to Dr. Krishna too, just taking those deep breaths. Yes. Right. Right. The three yeah. deep breaths, right? Just three of them. <laughs> Or eat a healthy so, piece of chocolate slowly and notice it dissolve in your mouth. Oh, right? you've the, done that. You've done oh, the presentation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and then as we talk about rest on the, the other side of the coin, um, you know, we, my uh, passion goal would be that every Oklahoman would have a primary care home. And we recently went through Medicaid expansion, which made uh, uh insured individuals eligible or expanded the eligibility requirements for people that could get insurance with the zero to zero, 138% of federal poverty level. But we already had about 500,000 uninsured. Then we had an additional very um, modest estimate of almost 100,000 undocumented that are uninsured. So we have, you know, add those two numbers. We have 600,000 uninsured, 200,000 eligible for Medicaid. So we still have almost half a million people that need healthcare services that are uninsured. So really uh, trying in, uh, you know, we're helping one person at a time and helping them get connected to healthcare. It's tremendous work. And I'm, I don't know that I can find the numbers right now, Janine, but uh, oh no, I did. Uh, 17 free and charitable clinics in central Oklahoma. That's right. Right. 17 yeah. free and, and charitable clinics. And about 90 um, statewide. So I also serve as the chairperson for the Oklahoma Charitable Clinic Association. So uh, we get to work in connection with them as well with resourcing them and just continuing to work on how we can help them be more effective. Something too that in the free and charitable net uh, world, clinic world, that uh, I have another goal to work on is really letting, and this is a national myth, that the care individuals receive at a free and charitable clinic may be substandard. This is not true because we have tremendous physicians. Maybe they're retired. Maybe they're coming after they get closed their practice 
you know, and helping to volunteer. When you walk into any of our free clinics, you'll feel like you're just at any other medical home doctor's office. They have all the stuff and they have people with the biggest hearts in the world helping them with knowledge, expertise, um, licenses. So um, I really want to help the free clinics tell the story of the great work that they're doing of um, healing individuals and healing them in a way beyond just their physical health, but emotionally, mentally, and um, helping them to realize that they're important and they're there for them to care for them. So it's pretty exciting work for sure. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. So 90 statewide. Um, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking out loud again, right? Road trip, right? So <laughs> get a videographer. Do, do the clinic, clinic tour. That's yeah. Well, it's really exciting. So just a couple of, um, uh, we may be close to time, Janine. So let me honor that. I was going to ask you yeah. this, but you decide how you'd like to close. I want to honor your sure. schedule. Uh, I was going to ask you just for like a success story or two from anywhere in the state you know, or locally that uh, around the vision that you have, the goals that you have and what sure. seems to matter most in your work. Well, and, you know, too, I was I'm still continuing to develop and work on the Live, Love, Laugh leadership curriculum. And that was birthed out of my doctorate work that I've begun and also um, just kind of trying to think about the whole mind, body, spirit connection subjective well-being, you know, thinking about our individual well-being, our community well-being, our civic well-being, environmental well-being, all the things that um, are a part of uh, being in a positive, healthy environment. And, um, and then within that framework, really getting to see transformation. And we get to see that in a lot of um, lives with um, people coming into the clinics to have, whether it's a tooth extraction or an individual that's connected to get a hip replacement surgery can go back to work in the oil field. A lot of our um, uninsured individuals may be um, and are hardworking uh, blue collar employees that are maybe contract where their workplace doesn't provide insurance for them. And then, you know, but their health is really important to them. So those are some really um, wonderful success stories just on a daily basis, seeing people get connected to the care that they need and that gratitude that comes from them and also from the providers of getting to provide those services for them and especially our staff because they have a heart and love and passion and um, grit for doing the work that they do for every individual they serve. And that's wonderful. Well, we have like maybe a minute left, but you may have to go. If you have time for this question, uh, maybe close with this. What gives you hope about the times that we're living in now? Um, the hope comes to me from the, the people in my life and just the uh, seeing the generosity and the care and the compassion and, and the beautiful things in the world. Um, I know there's a, you know, you can focus on the positive and focus on the negative. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna. I'm just saying that there's reality, but we can also make a difference. And we all have the opportunity to make uh, um, impact, just like um, uh, Mr. Bailey. And it's a wonderful life, you know, like how he really felt like he wasn't significant. And then you go back and look without him in the world. It, would, it wouldn't have been as great of a place as it is with him in the world. So 
Yes. Well, Janine, that is a really good place to close. And I know that we're going to stay in touch and uh, I'm looking forward to future conversations with you. Until then, uh, Janine Yanis-Jones, thanks for being my guest on the show. Thank you, Charles. You're uh, wonderful. And it was a a real honor to get to be your guest. Thank you for the opportunity. You're so welcome. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.